0: Welcome to Coaching the Coach. I'm your host, Pete Soundlane, for the Upstate Performance Project. Welcome to the show, guys. Um, We are talking today more about change. This is part two of of our change, uh, making changes. And and really, you can think about this in two different ways. If you're making changes to you yourself, and or your clients and so last week I kind of set it up to say you know if you're gonna make a change I want you to make a change with or think about the hows and the whys and you know what it is that you're after and make the change if you feel it's you know gonna help you in your business or help you personally Um, you know don't don't basically don't make a change for somebody else or to try to fit something you're not so let's um, back up one second and um, we're going to uh, get in depth about change as well today um but i of want to uh, want to mention um uh again our website please go check out the website we've got uh, uh weightlifting programs for sale uh, on the website for some specific areas in weightlifting uh, to help uh, overhead pressing help your squat, or help your your back strength uh, all areas that all weightlifters can improve on um, we also have uh, some shirts and hats uh, still available uh, we're, we're getting big discount on those right now so DM us uh, on our Instagram for prices if you need a hat or a shirt uh, and we've got more coming soon so anyways uh, getting back into the topic of the day which is change so when I was trying to think about what how to frame this this little topic here I my brain was going all over the place when I was recording last week because, as you know, I like to just kind of go off the cuff and, and uh, tell you what's on my mind, kind of a, uh, a, a stream <laughs> of consciousness, right? Just just, just talking. And um, sometimes I ramble and sometimes I don't make a lot of sense or repeat myself. But what I was really trying to accomplish last week was – you come to a a point in your career, whether that's a point where you've learned more, you've gone to some seminars or some training and education and you realized, you know, you have a lot of things that you want to be doing, but you've done things a certain way with your clients and you're wanting to switch things up. How do you do that? Um, And or your priorities have changed and you want to reflect with your clients. You know, for example, and this this is a great example for me cuz this is what I'm going through right now. And I mentioned this a little bit the other day but you know, I've always written out my programs for myself uh, very performance based. I I needed uh, something to train for. So, you know, I've done a little bit of everything. I tried some long distance running. I tried the obstacle course racing for a few years and Uh, then I got into Olympic weightlifting um, and but all along you know I trained you know everyone from athletes to uh, you know regular uh, everyday gym goers trying to get healthy so I've had a wide range of of clientele my entire career Um, even when I was a collegiate strength coach I still had some personal training clients on the side that were just you know regular folks trying to get in shape and my fitness pursuits were all over the place right they were i was running or i was lifting i was doing things but one of the things that you know never did i attempt to try was really build my physique you know more of a bodybuilding style workouts or or spent time specifically to bring up certain areas like my chest and my arms You know, areas where a lot of guys like to to focus on. And a lot of guys start with, right? A lot of guys, when they start young and they don't know any different, they just want big chest and arms, and so they do chest and arms. And um, that's very, very common. Well, I never went through that. The only time I started getting into lifting when I was in high school was in my um, uh, high school weight room, which was, you know, not, there wasn't much to it. And most everyone who was crammed in there was lining up to get on the bench or the, uh, dumbbells. And so the only thing that was ever open was the squat rack. So I would squat kind of waiting my turn and I was too shy to just jump in, you know, to the, to the guys doing the bench and I was already so far behind, but squatting was something they weren't doing, but I was, and I would, could actually squat more. So I just kept doing that. Um, and so I, I just, you know, never had a desire to, you know, build up my arms and my chest, um, and. know, kind of these show muscles, if you will. And I didn't look at that as bad. I just never did it myself. It wasn't, I didn't enjoy training that way. And so one thing that I've learned over the years through my personal experiences, I like having a goal. I like saying, I'm going to do this road race, or I'm going to do this weightlifting competition, or I'm going to do this or that. And that helps me focus my, my training. And so I try to do that with my clients as much as possible to kind of show that same example, even if it's, a different type of working out than what I do for myself, at least the principles are there, right? So we've got done talking about the nine principles of personal training in our last little series. And I do believe that, you know, in my training, what I've tried to do is mimic that and, you know, walk the walk, so to speak. Um, I, I talk like these are all important things and I try to show it. But one thing I've not done, and and I've tried to, not like um, exclude, from my clients' workouts, uh, we haven't done a lot of bodybuilding stuff. And and again, mainly the thought was I wanted to focus more on um, their functionality, their improved mobility, being more capable. Um, and so when they see me now, recently doing more bodybuilding stuff trying specifically to build up my upper body you know I've had some questions asked and you know and that got me to thinking about this topic of change like well yeah I am changing up my focus and and I I do want to put a little bit more emphasis on the aesthetic Uh, I've never done that before and it's new to me and it's different I know what to do I, I feel like I have a good grasp of what I need to include in my program and how to do it I just um it's still new territory for me to, to focus on that, and I was glad to a certain extent when my clients were asking me, you know, who, who would see me work out, because it gave me a chance to say, yeah, I mean, my goals have changed, and that's okay. That doesn't mean I'm still not approaching how I put workouts together for myself. Or for them, it's just the goal is changed. It's not a performance goal. I, I'm not going to ever try to do a bodybuilding competition. I have no desire to be that big. I just want to be a little bigger. I mean, I, I just you know, and not to say that there's different ways to skin a cat, but I I like the way that I'm going about it, and I think it's effective. And so with my clients, I'm not changing how I'm doing that, but I am changing my focus. And what, you know, to reflect my goals and to reflect my wants. And I think a lot of clients and, and trainers that I've worked with, uh, <clears throat> I should say definitely the, the trainers I've worked with, have gotten stuck in a rut where they feel that they have to be a specialist. And they have to be... Um, uh, doing exactly what they're having their, their clients do. So, you know, I know a lot of CrossFit coaches that, you know, they do CrossFit because they love CrossFit and they like to compete at CrossFit and maybe they're really good. And so that's what gives them, you know, some of their authority to, to then coach it well. And, and that's great. Nothing wrong with that, but it doesn't mean that someone who's really into bodybuilding can't also be a good CrossFit coach and and, and vice versa. Right. And so I think that's where this, Era in this age of specialization is, um, it's good when you if you're trying to market yourself, but it can be bad because then you yourself feel unfulfilled if you change, or if you change you feel like you're a fraud, or you're like oh I can't make this change because people know me as this, and I have felt that way for a long time. Um, I I continued doing my weightlifting. Uh, a lot more because I, I liked it I enjoyed it it's fun but I was really for the last probably year wanting to focus more on you know building up my physique and I just I was having a hard time breaking away because I didn't want people to think that I'm no longer believe that that stuff is good or you know and those are those are issues that I when I've talked with a lot of other coaches they've had the same thing and so I'm just trying to bring it to light that when you go for a change, in your personality or not your person in your personal programming um, that you still follow the same basic tenets that you would use for your clients again as I said before I am changing my physical programming. Uh, I'm still doing some Olympic lifting uh, but instead of doing all the variants I'm just squatting or pardon me um, cleaning and snatching once a week uh, one, one snatch day, one clean day. And, um, cause I like those movements. I want to continue to do them. I, they make me feel good. Um, but I'm doing a lot. My other strength work is, is vastly different than what I've been doing, um, in, in the last several years. And it's not to say that every client's going to notice that or even care. But I think, again, this is, this is for you trainers out there that I do know some of you get stuck in this, or you feel pigeonholed in this, or or maybe you started out bodybuilding, but you want to make a switch to something else, doesn't mean you have to completely abandon that with the clients that want that. And I know that may seem very basic and very like, well, duh, but honestly, I've had a lot of conversations like this with clients that or with consulting other trainers that feel that way. They feel like well, I, I've never done this before and I want to start doing it for me, but I don't know if it's, you know, if my clients are going to like it or if I should even include some of that into what they're doing. And again, that's where I'll then make that distinction. If you're making a change for you, that doesn't mean, even if you think this is good for you and in a good way, if it doesn't still fit your client's goals, then don't use it. If you try something new and you get great results and you've done your research and you've looked it up and you're like this is going to be good for anybody then if it fits your clients goals and needs then yeah by all means use it with them too and that's just getting back to knowing how and when to make the change the change should happen when you need it for yourself for your mental clarity for your own physical goals whatever whether that's a change in your routine or a change in how you train your clients but. The how is you need to do the research and figure out are these changes going to be beneficial for me if it's for you, if it's your program, are they going to be beneficial for my clients if I'm switching up how I put their workouts together? Because as I mentioned in the last podcast, I have seen too many trainers go to seminars or go to um, you know a symposium or whatever and they learn a lot of new cool things and they come back and they throw everything they learned right into their programming whether it really fits or not. And it's new and it's different. And some of their clients might like it, be like, Oh, this is kind of fun. I like this. But it doesn't mean that what you were doing prior is now inferior to these new things you've learned. It's about how you take these new things and incorporate them into your program and make them your own. So let me give you a really good example. I'm going to go back to weightlifting for a little bit here. And this is something that I I really feel like for me, um, really helped me understand explaining things to my coaches, or to my athletes, when I was training them in, in weightlifting specifically. I, I worked with two different you know, high-level lifters, uh, Dmitry Klokov, a Russian, and Danny Camargo, uh, an American weightlifter. They both were extremely high-level, um, both both extremely, extremely talented. Uh, still are very, very strong guys, and um, looking at kind of the American system uh, you know, through, through uh, Camargo and, and the Russian system through the eyes of Klokov two totally different viewpoints. They both did the same two lifts in competition, and there were some similarities in technique and some similarities in programming, but there were a lot of differences. And you can make a justification for both, right? And 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 these are just two. You could look at Chinese and and other European lifters and and um, you know Latin uh, America lifters, and you're like, there's all different styles. We all end up competing in the snatch and clean and jerk, right? Which is superior? We don't know. I mean, it's it's an ever evolving and changing sport, and there's a lot of factors that go into it. But when you talk about the mechanics of training and the mechanics of exercise selection um, one of the best examples is is with blocks um, jerking off of blocks I, I have done a lot in my time and I, I think jerking from blocks is very beneficial and it's efficient very efficient because when you take the bar off of the block you're then holding it and when you go into your jerk it's just as if you are you know if the blocks weren't there but you, ha- you can do more repetitions and you can get more uh, volume work in because you're not having to lift the bar back up and train. You know, uh, Ideally, you should be able to clean what you're jerking. But if you don't want to add or take away energy in cleaning it and you just want to come from the blocks, that's a lot easier. But pulling from the blocks is a different story. And I'm not here to say pulling from the blocks is wrong or bad. It's when I listen to one coach, they use him one coach that didn't use them for pulls and they gave examples of why or reasons why and you know that one resonated with me and it also resonated with me because I felt like when I was coaching with the blocks maybe I just wasn't a good coach with the blocks in other words there's a use for them but maybe I just couldn't convey that to my athletes well enough so I chose to use you know hang variations Uh, but then again I use hang variations because I, I when I learned it from uh, other coaches, it made more sense to me. And again, that's not to say one is better than the other or, or, or those who use or don't use blocks are good or bad. It has nothing to do with that. It's just personal style. But does that that style then is what made my weightlifting coaching different from this person or that person. And again, you can look at results to argue what's effective. That's not necessarily the... My argument My argument is you as a coach are going to have different you know, opinions on certain things and should have different opinions on things, certain things, which is what helps you grow. So when you go to these seminars and you go to these things and you learn all of this stuff, you need to implement it when it's appropriate. It, these are just tools in your bag. And so if you have a client that's in a sticking point, you remember you learned this particular technique at a seminar, that's when you pull it out not necessarily come in and throw away everything you've been doing in favor of all this new stuff because you run the risk of a as I, as I said this in the last podcast making yourself look like you know what you were doing before wasn't very good and now this is the better stuff and that kind of then cast some doubt in your client's mind right but also also you know what you were doing again assuming you set it up correctly was probably what that client needed. And you know, if you want to implement new things, you need to finish out that phase that you started. So this is the when. When do you implement the change? You implement the change at an appropriate time in their um training. So let me give you a good example of of that. So I had a client who um came to me, just wanted to get a little bigger, a little stronger. That was the main thing. And, and reduce some injury, uh, uh, basically due to some tightness and inflexibility. But he's not an overweight gentleman, uh, didn't didn't have a body fat issue, so it was really just about building muscle, getting stronger, getting more mobile. Good, I like this, this is easy, I like this kind of client. So we made tremendous progress over a couple years, and we got down to this point where we were really getting strong, and he was really digging it. And we were getting heavier, lifting heavier, lifting heavier, lifting heavier. Lifting heavier. Um, and we de-emphasized a little bit of our conditioning. Uh, We still did some, but but it was, you know, we were really hitting the weights hard. And I noticed that, you know, he needed to do a little bit more conditioning, but he didn't like it, he didn't want to do it. He wanted to do the heavy lifting, right? And I noticed in his life, and he, you know, him and I talking, there were lots of things that came up in his day-to-day routine that were, you know, causing stress, so he was, Um, staying up later working, not sleeping well, uh, eating poor choices or drinking beer throughout the week. They're just things that weren't, um, you know, healthy habits, right? And he was gaining a little bit of weight. And it wasn't just from lack of conditioning, but it was all of those factors. Plus, the stress was not letting him recover. And so, you know, his lifts were, you know, he'd have one bad day and it was you know, getting off track. So what I decided to do was we needed to look at his overall program. Where, what do we need to do? We need to we need to reset, we need to, you know, focus on uh, some other things for a little bit. But we were right in the middle of a particular style program. And we had about three weeks left in this particular phase. Now I could have just scrapped it right there because I noticed he was, you know, um, he needed this but I also knew that we had already put eight, nine weeks into this particular strength phase, and we really were making tremendous progress. So I talked to him, rather than just ignore it and just say, well, I could have done this, but I didn't want to. What I said to him was like, look, in the future, this is what I think we need to switch our our focus on, but we'd be remiss not to finish this particular program out because you're gonna continue to see some strength gains over these last three or four weeks. And then we will reset, and we'll and we'll we'll attack things differently. And that's exactly what we did. We 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 pushed through. We got through this. He hit all the goals that we wanted to hit. Felt really good about it. But now we switched to more of a of a you know conditioning based workout where we're maintaining the strength. We're using some lifting, but we're adding a lot more high intensity interval training in there to kind of um, for him that helps blow off a lot of steam. He just likes. It's helping him relax when he leaves here completely winded, completely you know worn out. Now, we're not just doing random, hard, high-intensity workouts. It's It all fits into a plan. But the, the point is, I didn't just stop what we were doing and throw new things at him. It was a discussion that we had, and we made the choice to say, we're going to switch it up in three weeks when this particular program is over. Because you've heard, not just me, but a lot of people say, consistency is king in other words if we program hop and we switch things up even if what we switch to is maybe something better if we've started a program we need to finish it we need to get through it now there are certainly exceptions uh, to that you know if it's detrimental if it's not working at all or if it's hurting them then yeah we need to switch it up but you know provided you're still getting results with what you're programming if you want to add one new exercise in or one little concept in that's fine but if you're talking about a complete overhaul finish the cycle you're on and then make that switch and the same goes for you too like that's the biggest thing i think us trainers run into is when we want to make a change with our own programming or we we sit down we're like okay this is what we're going to do you know i know a lot of trainers that will just you know get programs from other coaches because it's just it's it's you know paralysis by analysis right we know a lot we know a lot about the best ways to do x y and z but that all that knowledge sometimes just bogs us down and we have a really hard time focusing on what we want or we write a program that's got every perfect exercise ever in there and the training session is two hours long and you know it's just unrealistic right so when 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 we go to make that change in our own programming, you know, it's it's oftentimes, oh yeah, I want to do this bicep workout. So you do this and then you read some more literature and you're like, oh wait, this one's not great. So you switch to that program and you do all that program hopping and we don't get the results. We're not consistent, right? So again, just to kind of recap here, make sure when you're making a change with your client, it's at the right time. Again, don't just change whenever you decide that you know you want to make sure it's an appropriate place in their programming because again it should be periodized um as we've talked about so wait till one phase is over one mesocycle or, or microcycle, and then switch to the next one appropriately make the change uh for yourself whether that's how you train you know if you if you you go from bodybuilding to marathon running. Okay, make the change yourself, but don't don't deviate from your fundamentals and from your philosophy. In other words, you can change your training philosophy uh, and emphasize certain things and ch- and be different. Uh, and you can do different things than what you have your clients do. Certainly, and that's again, I know that seems basic, but that's some some a lot of trainers that I've talked to get hung up on that. But the point I'm making is when you go to change for yourself, <clears throat> you still want to walk the walk and, and hold true to some of those tenants that you're telling your clients. Again, if I, right now, I'm switching more, I, I wanna focus more on building my upper body musculature up. So I'm not doing as many accessory weightlifting lifts. Again, I said I'm still cleaning, I'm still snatching, but I'm not doing a lot of hangs, I'm not doing a lot of um, You know, snatch grip deficit deadlifts, um, you know, a lot of weightlifting accessory type lifts. Not that those aren't good and not that you can't build some muscle doing those things. You certainly can. But I wanted to switch to more of a traditional bodybuilding style for my upper body um, while doing some, you know, leg strength and, and conditioning. But I'm still periodizing. I'm still, you know, using overload. I'm still using variety and safety and reversibility, diminishing returns, all of these principles that we've talked about. So just because I switched up or I'm doing something completely different, I have some clients that, you know, are purely just after weight loss. So they're not doing some of the lifts that I do or some of the things that I do. Uh, They don't care about, you know, having huge biceps or, or anything like that. But. So just because their goals are different than my goals doesn't mean we can't train with the same kind of template or the same overall um, idea, which is using those nine principles. So again, if you're thinking about making a change in your program or how you program for your clients, just make sure that it's, you've done your research. It's based in not only the science, but based in, you know, uh, reality for what they want and need. All right. Hope that helps. Uh, we'll maybe do a part three of this um, at some point, uh, but I think, I think I said everything I wanted to say about change. Um, change is good. You need it. You should be researching, but just knowing how to implement it and when to implement it are the best options.